I believe that many times leaders have been sold um, and have been misled by thought leaders in this issue to care about entirely the wrong thing. And if we, if we care about the wrong thing from the beginning, it doesn't matter how effectively we execute on the wrong thing. It just doesn't matter. Welcome back to Insights, an Amplify original series giving you insights on cultural myths, employee engagement, and why it all matters. I'm Nicole McLean, the Director of Relationship Marketing here at Amplify, and I'm excited to be your guide through this season of Insights. Our managers have it all together. We trust them. They have proven themselves as leaders and have the necessary tools to carry our company vision forward, all while empowering employees to do their best work. So all we need to do is stay out of the way and let things coast along smoothly, right? Eh, well, not exactly. Managers have a hard job and often don't know where to go to get answers to hard questions. They don't always have access to the resources they need to improve not only themselves, but the employees that rely on them. How can we empower our managers to grow and lead in a way that both captures the mission from the executive level while meeting the needs of our employees on the front lines? That is what season three of Insights is all about. So let's get into it. When you think of a great manager, what characteristics come to mind? One I think we can all agree on is trust. You know, someone an employee actually wants to work with and follow. For managers, building strong relationships is key to earning trust and developing the type of work environment that helps people thrive in their respective roles. It is important. And we're going to dive more into that later. But we can also agree that that is only part of what makes a great manager. Chances are you've had an experience with a manager in the past who was a great people person, but had shortcomings in areas like business acumen and other key leadership traits. As companies strive to increase employee engagement and offer the best work environment possible, we can sometimes let the pendulum swing too far in a direction that devalues some of those other characteristics. As Amplify CEO and co-founder Santiago Jaramillo points out, having a great relationship with their manager is certainly something that matters to employees. But it's far from the only thing. But if all we have is people and we just love who we work with and we have trust, great relationship with our manager, but we don't have any sort of connection to the purpose of the business and the work we're doing is antithetical to who we naturally are as a person, that alone isn't sufficient for engagement. So how do we grow great people into great managers. I'd like to introduce you to Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of Leadex, a company that offers AI-powered digital coaching for managers who are trying to improve employee engagement and the effectiveness of their teams. Kevin sees a lot of companies that are taking a wise first step. They're surveying their employees to learn exactly where management needs to improve. But then what happens? According to Kevin, this is where things can start to break down. Often what they're doing is they're getting the data back and then it's like <laughs> the wise men and women go to the top of the hill. And by that, I mean like the C-level folks, the VP of HR, and they look at the results and they'll say, oh, wow, our lowest score is on communication. What can we do about it? And then those five people brainstorm, hey, let's have the CEO do two newsletters a month instead of one newsletter a month. And they think that like they can mind read what's going on throughout the organization and solve the engagement problem. If you wanna move the needle on employee engagement, it has to be grassroots because the, the communication problem on Kevin's team 
might uh, have a different solution than the communication problem on Nicole's team. And so you really need to give the managers their own score reports and hold them accountable for sharing the actual results with their team members and action planning at that team level. And so, you know, so many companies will just, they'll invest in the surveys, they'll invest in the analysis, but then they never loop back in down to the manager level. And if you want to get better at it, you have to share that data uh, with the managers and then make sure you're following up, you know, on, on those action plans. Investing in gathering the data around how our managers can improve is only half the battle. When we make assumptions on what the data means without investing back into our managers, we're skipping over the most important step. Later this season, we're going to dive deeper into feedback and how it relates to the relationship between managers and those at the executive level. But for now, I want you to hear what Kevin has to say about taking action with the data we've collected. The first mistake is like, hey, we don't even give the reports to the managers. But then another common issue is that even if you're doing it right and like doing quarterly pulse surveys, managers are given their reports. There's a lot of research that shows most of the time these efforts don't make the leaders better because they never do anything with the action plan. Now, what works 90% of the time, this is a review of like 600 studies, what works 90% of the time is if you give a manager a coach because then the coach will hold that manager accountable for actually implementing the action plan, you know, until the next survey. And we always say at, at LeadX, you know, if you can afford a human coach, get a human coach. I mean, that's that's the right answer. If you have access to an internal coach, like if it's a, a small business and maybe the head of HR will be the internal coach to their to their leadership team, that can work as well. And then of course, we're all about, you know, if you can't afford a human coach or don't have a human coach, then let's use an AI, you know, robot coach to do something very similar. Um, so I think that's it. It's like, even if you're including the managers in the process, most of the time, those action plans don't get implemented unless you've got that um, coaching support as well. For Kevin, investing in the professional development of our managers means coaching. And as he shares, that can look different from organization to organization. But however it looks, the key is communication. We ask our managers to communicate a lot with their employees. But how often do we actually communicate with them? When communication only flows in one direction, top down, we don't give our managers an opportunity to share what they're seeing. And when we don't open that line of communication from the bottom up, how can we develop the level of trust that is needed to fully invest in exceptional managers? It's interesting because I've seen for 20 years now, typically the lowest, one of the lowest scoring drivers of engagement is, is the area of communication. And, you know, each survey process might call it something a little different, but, but it's about communication. And, and even when I was, before I, you know, drank the engagement Kool-Aid and I was a horrible executive, horrible manager, when I would get dinged on communication scores, I would immediately think like, how can this be? I tell them everything, or I do those monthly uh, meetings and round tables, and I send out that newsletter. Usually what people want when in communication isn't more of you telling them things, it's, it's two-way communication. You know, so it's, it's, hey, I do want to know what's going on in the rest of the organization. So stop being a blocker of that information, but also ask me my opinion, ask me my advice. So, I mean, I think it's important that we look both like what's flowing down and is it flowing down and then what's going up. 
you know, one of the, not to push my latest book, but you know, there's a whole chapter uh, that's called reveal everything, even salaries. And it's intentionally provocative, but we are in an age where people, especially, you know, frontline uh, employees and the, the younger generations, they expect total transparency. We are in a world of total transparency. And so if they're not getting visibility to the priorities above, the resources above, et cetera, they won't tolerate that. And that communication, that open and honest communication is the number one driver of trust. If you don't have trust, like in any relationship, including personal relationships, it's hard to have much of anything else. So I think that, you know, we need to ask questions about the two-way communication, you know, the, the, the flowing down as well as the flowing up. We need to be training the managers and how to do it and following up on it. I mean, I think it's key. Okay. So we've collected the data and we've opened the lines of communication with our managers and we're building trust. Now we can invest in that coaching piece that Kevin mentioned. So how do we do that? Well, there isn't one right way. But once the foundation of trust is laid, it makes accountability much easier to pursue. And according to Kevin, instilling accountability is the biggest step toward true professional development. You know, coaching is sort of a hot button because um, it's kind of like religions. <laughs> you know, there's a whole bunch of religions out there and everyone, you know, seems to think theirs is the is the best one or the true one. And I find that with coaching. And so uh, there's no one coaching model or approach and people will call themselves coaches. And then a lot of coaches will say, you're not a coach, you know, you're a, you're a trainer, you're a consultant. And they say, oh, there's just a spectrum of, of, you know, asking versus telling. And, you know, we're all on different places on the spectrum. And, and again, I, <laughs> I guess sticking with the, the religion theme, I'm kind of agnostic on it. Like, you know, it's, it's not so important, like which specific model is being implemented. The real key to coaching, it's the accountability process. You know, let's even take it away from engagement for a second. You know, if I, um, let's say I want to get better at, you know, exercising and I'm going to be a runner, I'm going to go jogging every day or improve my three mile time or whatever it is. The single best thing that can hold me accountable to that schedule is having another human that's going to say, Hey, I'm going to show up at your house at five o'clock in the morning. We're going to go for that jog or send me a text message. Kevin, you said yesterday you were going to go out on that jog. Did you do it? Why or why not? And it's really having that accountability partner. You know, we are so, unfortunately, we are so uh, quick to, to break a promise to ourselves. You know, it's like, eh, yeah, I said I was going to run today, but what the heck? I'm tired. I'll do it. I'll, I'll run extra miles tomorrow, which of course I'm not going to do. But if I have to admit that I didn't follow through on something to somebody else, that is a behavior changer. So I think, you know, in terms of whether you are a professional coach, whether you're an HR professional serving in the role of a coach, I think less important than what model you're using is the basics. Like, okay, let's get some awareness. You know, what is the data look like? So back to the engagement theme, you know, wh what are your scores? Uh, what's, what's the one, maybe two areas that will do the most if you improve them to drive uh, engagement higher. Let's not try to tackle all 10 of them. So let's just look at the data, pick an achievable goal, pick the time frame, 90 days from now, which is the next pulse survey. And what are you going to do? So once that plan's in place, that's good. But remember, most people don't actually carry through and apply that plan unless they have that coach. So now the important part is for that coach to do the check-ins. I believe the more check-ins, the better. 
usually weekly is possible. Um, but even if you were to do a monthly check-in with your managers, like, okay, you said you're going to do these things to improve, you know, growth and, and development of your team members, which did you do? Which did you not do? Why? So, I mean, I think it's that accountability piece that matters the most. If this all seems like a lot of work, you're right. It also takes time because you can't fix communication breakdowns and develop trust overnight, not to mention the time it takes to understand what coaching and accountability even looks like for your organization. So how do we know it's all worth it? So I think the mobility of the talent is making this issue crisis level. Finally, people have to pay attention to it. And again, as we've been saying, 70% about how people feel about their job has to do with who their manager is. We join companies, but we leave a boss. And so companies that recognize this, they invest in culture, they invest in measuring the engagement climate, they invest in leadership development, they will have the most engaged workforces, they will have the lowest turnover, and they will attract the most talented people. And then you've got the doom cycle on the reverse. For companies that think they don't have the money or the time, or they just don't care, they don't believe in engagement, they think it's voodoo or nice to have stuff, your managers are going to be task focused. Those people are going to realize that it's a bad place to work and they're going to leave those bad managers for the talent magnets. And I mean, I really think that we're moving into a, a, a decade of like the haves and have nots at a corporate level. Those who get this stuff are going to attract the best people and be on that rapid you know, growth and profitability cycle. Those who get the leftovers, it's going in the wrong direction. We join companies, but we leave a boss. Those are strong words, but they ring true, don't they? Even employees that like their manager on a personal level will leave for an organization where they care about that mission or see a greater chance for growth and development. Our best employees want to lean in. They want to be engaged and challenged and developed. And to do that, they need managers who are also being engaged and challenged and developed. It's something that Santiago has experienced himself. I don't know about you, but when I think about my times of growth uh, and times of improvement and growing as a professional, as a, per as a person, it's not when I am giving the bare minimum, leaning back and just there to consume whatever the rewards are of it. It's when I'm leaning in, when I'm signing up for challenging work that matters, that's when we grow as human beings. And so by creating satisfied environments, we're leaving what we're just talking about 40 to 44% of, of that impact and that value on the table. And we're creating a place that rewards and encourages folks to lean back and to not pursue their best self, their best work and pursue excellence in what they're doing. So it sounds like we have our work cut out for ourselves, but let's take it one step at a time. In our next episode, we are going to take a closer look at that foundational need, trust. What does it mean to develop trust with our managers? And what does that look like in practice? I'm excited to find out. If you'd like to learn more about what truly makes a good manager great and how leaders can identify these ideal qualities and scale that manager's success across an organization, you'll want to download the Amplify report on the qualities of an effective manager. To get your copy, simply go to amplify.com slash report, E-M-P-L-I-F-Y dot com slash report. <laughs>